Hey, welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. This is a podcast we talk about real ministry for the majority. I'm Andy George, and joining me today is Ken Hester. What's up? We're, What's up, Ken Hester? You know, we're we're down. A, we're down a person. We're just two dudes hanging out. We're just hanging out. <laughs> just having a good we time. We are down Jamie today. She cannot make it, so it's just me and you. Actually, it's not. We have a guest oh, today. Oh, we have a guest That's today. That's right. I backfilled Jamie's that, spot. That, so That didn't take long. <laughs> Jamie, we hope you're doing well, and we yeah. wish you. We'll see you next week on we're, our podcast. We're going to have an incredible uh, conversation with Brian Poole, and uh, without further ado, actually, we're going to just jump let's right just into, jump it. into it. Yeah, yeah let's get it here done. Here we go. Well, again, thanks for joining us here on One Big Thought. We've got a special guest today, uh, Brian Poole. Brian's been a good friend, a colleague uh, for 10 years now, and it's crazy to think that <laughs> that it's been 10 years, but uh, love his family. Ashley has four kids. They live in Charlotte, and Brian does pretty much everything there is to know about AVL, audio, video, lighting, comes to system integration and design, audio engineering, uh, project management to help teams and, and organizations build out major projects, whether it be uh, portable locations or permanent locations. And uh, he's assisted with some great organizations over the last several years, uh, Potter's House LA, Phase Family Centers in Atlanta, and Elevation Church, uh, based in Charlotte, but kind of global, <laughs> just about everywhere. And uh, Brian, welcome, man. So good to so good to have you. Did I get all that information right? Did I did I hype you up enough? Oh come on, Ken. <laughs> Thank you for uh, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's good to good to catch up and just hear about you know how you're helping. I think the back end of what you do for churches is so um, so integral to help them move forward to help them in especially now when it comes to online when it comes to audio video lighting production there's so many different layers to that and uh, what i love about our conversation what we're going to get into is that one big thought you know what is something that you think um, being in that world for so long and, and working with so many different churches large and small what are some things that you think that all churches need to know when it comes to audio video and lighting yeah, yeah. My uh, my one big thought uh, that I'm gonna kind of expand on is that you might be overthinking it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so, so what? yeah, a lot of churches uh, they just overthink it, and um, it's really a, a. I mean, when when you when you look at your AVL audio video lighting technology. Um, it can can feel like this daunting thing for a lot of churches, a lot of pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I think uh, they just kind of shut down or um, start overthinking it, overcomplicating it. And, uh, and I think that can be the most devastating thing for, for any church to find themselves in. Yeah. What are the, the common kind of mishaps when it comes to that? So it's like, okay, what, what are they, what are some things that you've seen that, Hey, you're definitely overthinking. Maybe a soundboard or a lighting uh, lighting system. What are some some kind of common mishaps? Um, there's a lot of hype out there. You know, a lot of it stems from social media. Um, tech guys find themselves in these like-minded groups, and they um, they see the latest greatest thing that someone's doing, and they take it completely out of context. Mm. And so. It, it may be the right tool for 
this ministry, but for their ministry, um, it's not. And so they find themselves falling short of that that metric that they're kind of measuring their success by, and uh, and ultimately, you see a lot of tech guys who just get disgruntled and fed up because leadership won't give them things that they think they need. And sometimes it goes the other way. You find some of these pastors that start navigating these unknown waters of these tech Facebook groups and Instagram. And they're like, man, I need all these lights and I need those big speakers. And, um, but you got to look at why, like, why do you need them? Hmm. And, uh, and I kind of broke it out into a couple of things um, just to like, simplify what uh, these systems need to be doing for you. Um, and the first of those, the first two kind of, kind of coincide, but, uh, they need to assist, augment and accent. Hmm. So when you first look at your system, uh, you get to decide what is it assisting us with? Like, what are we trying to accomplish that this is going to, to help us take us to the next level? And, you know, you, right now with the big online presence and, I think that'll, that'll remain a thing forever. It always has been a thing, you know, for the last five or so years, it's been growing in popularity. COVID obviously expedited that. Mm. Um, Sure. We're (laughs) seeing people start to come back in person, but I think there's always going to be this draw towards online. And so you've got to look at how are we assisting the people at home and allowing them to connect with us and Mm. making them feel like they're a part of the experience, not just, you know, onlookers from afar. Yeah. Um, so, so that would be you know, in the assist category. You can also and assist and augment kind of go together here where you're making it uh, in your room. You've got to make it loud enough. You've got to augment it to a degree that you're allowing people to be able to hear it. Um, but then within that augmenting, you've also got to make it brighter so that your cameras can see you and you've got to make it bigger so that if there's people across the room, they can still see you and still engage um, and that's where some of the like image magnification iMag comes into play. Oh yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that, uh, you know, the qualifiers there is that, uh, what you need to augment is going to vary based on your worship style and your rent size. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not going to need to augment as much if you're in a smaller room or if your worship is not as loud and as, um, yeah, bold as, as some of these other ministries. If you're right. pretty much acoustic and choir, um, some organ, you know, piano, well, that's much easier to, to augment and assist than uh, full-blown band, full drum kit. Sure. Um, the whole whole shebang. So that's it's got to be taken in context. And when you see these, these contemporary worship groups that are established within these churches, and the large systems that are used to augment and assist what they're doing, um, it's going to be different mm-hmm. than when you see First Baptist, whatever, whoever. Uh, you know, they've got the organ, maybe the piano, and the minister up there leading the hymns, and and they they need a completely different system, and it's generally going to be a lot more scaled back, unless it's a much bigger room, and then you know th- that's kind of where all those come into play. Um, the, the last little thing was accent. So there is that piece where people want to accent what they're doing. And that's where you know, some of the creative lighting comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also where you can easily get uh, down the rabbit trail. And what we're trying to use to eliminate distractions, technology as a tool to eliminate distractions, can quickly become a distraction. Yeah, that's right. Um, my kids might 
uh, beg to differ with me on this statement, but uh, <laughs> sprinkles on cake are an accent or on your ice cream. They're an accent. Mm-hmm. You don't want to dump the whole bottle of sprinkles on your ice cream. That's where my kids would, uh, yeah. would argue differently. <laughs> That's but right. You, you don't need the whole bottle. You just need a couple and it adds a little texture and adds a little color and um, that's great when you have, throw the whole bottle in there. You know you're kind of well. One, you're being wasteful because you don't need all the sprinkles, mm-hmm. and and two, uh, it just takes away from from what is really supposed to be there, and that's the ice cream. So you got to keep the main thing the main thing, right? And um, that's where you can really get over the top. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not opposed to you know let's have a big, loud, bright worship experience and and. Uh, I mean, that's awesome, but it's got to be in context. And so if that doesn't really um, work, I mean, if it's not in the same vein as the worship environment that you've created and the culture you've created, then it's just, it can become a distraction and really take people away from being able to fully engage and encounter Christ in that moment. Yeah. Hey, Brian, I want to go back to something you said earlier, which triggered probably a pretty good question for any pastors that are listening to this podcast right now, and that is kind of the tension between uh, a lead pastor and the tech director. You know, as a as a senior pastor myself, I, you know, oftentimes you feel like, okay, the tech person's either my best friend and my ally, <laughs> or like, <laughs> what's this guy trying to do to me? You know, right? And then there's always seems to be this tension between not just the the Sunday morning of, but also the vision that goes behind everything that's happening. So how do you think and how would you navigate tension between a senior pastor and a production director or sound engineer? More than likely, most senior pastors may not know all the tech's ins and outs. Uh, They might have a vision or they might have a direction they want to go, but they might not know all the specs and how to actually do it. So how do you navigate that tension? What would you recommend? Um, So I think one thing that kind of has to be understood and there's, there's got to be understanding both ways. Like the tech, the tech guys got to understand this pastor. The pastor's got to kind of understand mm-hmm. how these tech guys work in a mm-hmm. lot of scenarios. Um, and having been in this scenario and having like fallen into this trap myself, I can speak to it. Um, a lot of tech guys are so wrapped up in their work that they truly identify themselves with their work by right. their work. Mm-hmm. So just yes, sound guy, he his identity is wrapped up in his mix hmm. and so when someone comes at him and gives him feedback whether it's constructive or critical of like hey i need you to fix this in your mix or this isn't sitting right he, he almost takes that if he's in this this relatively unhealthy place he'll take that as like a direct insult to his identity right and he doesn't know he's doing it he, he doesn't understand what's going on in his head when it happens but that's why you get these really defensive reactions and, you know, awkward interaction with right. the tech guy or the, the audio guy. Like he's, you can tell he's making excuses and you caught him off guard. And, yep. um, and, and that's, that's really, that's really it. And, yeah. and so I, I think a, a pastor has to be sensitive to that if he's got a tech guy at that level and, and even, I mean, helping the tech guy understand or giving the tech guy some space as bad yep. as it sounds like, Hey, well, why don't you spend this weekend with your family and like take a week and, and, you know, really <laughs> find your identity outside of your work. Yeah, um, that's great. Because the, te- the tech world can really become consuming and, and you just get wrapped up in it. And it's, yeah. um, it's all you, you do. You eat, sleep, breathe tech 
and it, it excites you and that's enjoyable, but it can quickly bring you to an unhealthy place. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially in your interactions with leadership, also your interactions with family. I mean, when I had first gotten into heavy into the tech stuff, when I was at, uh, working, um, at, at a church, um, Ashley and I, um, uh, this first few years of our marriage, like I got married, uh, while I was working on, on staff. And, um, so it was kind of all we knew, but it, it also became very evident within the first few years that it, it had kind of driven me to an unhealthy place because hmm. you know, we're having kids and I'm like, well, I gotta go to work and I can't help you right now. I got to focus on this and just finding my identity in my work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one in my creator, but also um, in my family, and and enjoying that time and, and some of those formative years. Um, and so, that's great. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's concerning. Like it is a very concerning culture that's um, within the church tech uh, world. And um, I, I think once pastors become sensitive to that and they're able to kind of help their tech guys through it. And a tech guy understand like, hey, he's not out to get me. He's not out to like right. attack my identity. He just <laughs> yeah. he's just trying to work with me to to make sure that you know this is a distraction free service and yeah. and people are encountering Christ. Um, and then on the other side, you know, once once the tech guy uh, understands that his identity is not in his work and his work is there you know, as a service to 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 Christ and to the church then I think his interactions become healthier too. Right. The trick is really getting the, the tech guy to that place. And I think that's a whole nother, um, a whole nother conversation. Yeah. yeah that, that's super helpful. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of times in, and Andy mentioned it, you mentioned it, that tension is there because there's no real relationship, right? It's like a, it's a give mm-hmm. and take. Uh, I'm the pastor. You're the sound engineer. Or I'm the audio and video production guy. And, you're just the preacher, and if there's not a connection point there throughout the week, or there's relational equity built behind the scenes, yeah. then it, it, it can become very transactional. And I think that's where yeah. a lot of times a lot of churches um, will, will will fall into that trap of, all right, well, you know, do this for me, or you're not doing it right because there's no relational equity, there's no um, true care uh, attached to either side, whether it be a pastor or whether it be a production director. So thank you for that. That's good. That very, that very real insight. Uh, because I think a lot of times it, it's also hard to start that conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think you've, I think we've helped some pastors. Yeah. Well, and the other moment. side of it too is pastors with their sermons feel the same way. Mm. So I think pastors listening should understand exactly. Brian, what you said was really good. It was very insightful because pastors pour out their, identity into their sermon. And yep. if I know as a pastor for me, if mm. I if I pour, you know, weeks or months into a sermon or hours and hours into a sermon, then somebody sends me an email later that day like, ah, that was okay. You know, you may, <laughs> what do you think about this other point? Or you could have did this, you know, and and you take you do, if you're not careful, you take that real personal. Mm. And you're like, what do you mean? You know, I just spent all this time doing it. So uh, Brian, what you said I think will really resonate with uh with pastors a yeah. lot and, and sound engineers as well. It's good. It's very cool. Well, one one more question that I, that I have for you, you know, we've got a lot of listeners. We've got um, different organizations, different size organizations that listen to the podcast, and you know, 
there's there's obviously a difference between a church that has a full-time production audio engineer sometimes there's even two positions or multiple positions that that a church has and then there are other churches on the other side that they go well, I've got a volunteer who I'm trying to train or I'm trying to empower and I really don't have a lot of resource to even help me think through the assist, the augment, the accent. They're just kind of like showing up on a Sunday and, and helping me out the best that they can. So so what do you think or, or, or where do you feel like churches should start when it comes to that? And maybe, honestly, maybe that's where, that's where you come in. Yeah, I mean, churches, they really have to find someone they trust, someone who can be an advocate and a partner and an advisor um, in the tech matters. And it's hard because there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to position themselves in this church marketplace. Right. Um, because then that's what it is. It's a market and there's a lot of churches and a lot of work. And so, you know, let's go do what we can. And a lot of them are in there for the right reasons. A lot of them, um, a lot of them aren't, you know, it's capitalism and let's go make money and build our companies. And, um, so church really has to find someone they trust who can kind of help them navigate that. Um, so yeah, just recently, uh, so I was on staff at a church for, um, for while well, was it, I was on staff at elevation for almost a decade. And then, uh, I've, since then the last three years, I've, I've been in a couple different integrators, um, doing AV for churches and, uh, ultimately realizing that, uh, the integration process is kind of messy mm. for a lot of churches. Yeah. They just don't know how to navigate it. And, um, and a lot of integrators out there will just kind of, do the cookie cutter, you know, Oh, you're this size. Well, this is what you need. Or you need this in your budget. Well, this is what you need. And that's not right. Hmm. Because like we talked about, a lot of churches have different needs to be able to assist and augment and accent what they're doing. And those have to be established and fully considered as they're going through these processes. Yeah. Um, so just recently I stepped away from uh, full-time church AV integration and started my own thing uh, called solution stride. And cool. um, my goal is to help organizations and churches find and implement technology solutions that are in stride with their vision, uh, strategy, and budget. Um, so really just becoming an independent advocate for churches, uh, helping them navigate the, the world of technology and uh, just in general project management and um, really just wanting to be someone that they know is in their corner someone that uh, is completely unbiased in their approach. Like my only goal is to make sure that church is taken care of. I'm not worried about, you know, sales quotas and profit margins and anything else. Yeah. Um, except for making sure that church gets what they need to do, what they are trying to do and they're trying to accomplish. And, um, and yeah, and I'm really excited about it. It's, it's something that uh, as a kind of bounce between integrators, feeling this frustration yeah. of why isn't this process getting any better? Yeah. Um, ultimately, God showing me like, hey, I put this frustration in you with this integration process because I believe you have you can be a part of the solution and you can help churches navigate this thing. Um, that's so, so cool. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing, and, and I think it's uh, it's um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to kind of be on. I love that. And, and yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love your heart in that. You know, I've worked again, worked with you with with several churches over the past few years, and, and seen your heart in that. 
So I, I know it's a step of faith for you, but I also know that that God has equipped you and gifted you to do that, to really help the global church. So we're going to put in the show notes, uh, your email, your Instagram, the best ways to connect with you. And Brian, thanks again for just your heart for audio, video, lighting, but ultimately your heart for the church. And I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you, Ken. I really appreciate it.